joining us today. We hope you came prepared to worship the Lord. We are ready. We've been worshiping this morning during practice, and we know that the Holy Spirit is here, or two or three are gathered in his name. He has promised to be here. Father God, we love you. We worship you today. I ask you to stand with us and join us in singing. This is our chance as believers to say so, that we're the redeemed of the Lord. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Here's our opportunity to do it. What does it mean to be saved? Isn't it more than just a prayer to pray? More than just a way to heaven? Yes, it is.
We are redeemed. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let them say so. Let's continue singing about the blood of Jesus. Oh, wait a minute. I forgot. I was going to teach y'all something. I got my y'all going. Did you notice? Yeah, I'm working on that. Okay. So I noticed, like, now I know everybody doesn't clap in church. That's fine. But I'm asking for an exception if you're one of those non-clappers. Just three claps, this whole song, if you could do it. When we get to the oh, oh, when we get to the o's, I want to teach you something. We're going to practice it so we can get it down, okay? So it goes like this. Oh, clap. Let's try it. Oh, and then I do it again. Oh, clap, clap. The second time there's two claps. That's why I had to take a minute. I know this is hard. We can do it. So let's try it again. Oh, 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 it's fast clap, Benny. Clap, clap. Clap, clap. One more time. Oh, oh, that's it. Okay, every time we do the O's, would you all raise your right hand? I'm just kidding. But if you would, I would, we would love it. Okay, let's sing. Precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other found I know. I am washed, I am washed, I am dressed in love.
All right. One of the fun things we get to do occasionally is dedicate babies to the Lord. And I'd like to invite Logan James Dennis up here. And if he wants to, he can bring his parents. <clears throat> I want the whole family to come up, if you would. And it's an opportunity for us to, to show you all off. Just come on up here. Maybe stand right here on the front edge of the stage. You, are you comfortable with stepping up here? It just allows them to get a look at him a little bit better. Take a look at this little fella here. <clears throat> yeah. So when we do these baby, these blessings and these dedications, I'd just like to say a couple of words to mom and dad. <clears throat> because really his spiritual life direction that he takes spiritually so much is going to hinge upon who you are as a man who you are as a woman who you are as parents who you are as husband and wife the environment that you create at home will so much determine the course of, of Logan's life I just want to read a, a few words to you it says in scripture in, in Matthew then the little children were brought to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and, and pray for them. But the disciples rebuked those who brought them, saying, Let the little, and Jesus said to them, Let the little children come to me, do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. In presenting this Logan James today for dedication and blessing, you signify not only your faith in the Christian religion, but also your desire that he may early know and follow the will of God, that he may live and die a Christian and, and enter into eternal life in heaven. In order to attain this, it will be your duty, your responsibility as parents to teach him early to love the Lord, to watch over his education, that he would not be led astray, and to direct his youthful mind to the word of God. If this is your heart and your intent, would you just simply say, we will? I want to ask you, congregation, they've committed to doing this. Would you, as the body of Christ, support and encourage these, these parents as they endeavor to fulfill their responsibility to Logan James here? If you will do this, will you say, we will? Okay. I wanted you to hear that because you're not doing this alone. You don't have to do this alone. You're not isolated in this journey. You've got a church family here that wants to support. And you know what? As parents, we need support, don't we? We need it. I want to say a prayer over him. You just hang on to him. I'm just going to lay my hands on him. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we just ask and pray a blessing over Logan James and his life his body, his mind, his heart, his soul. Lord God, that you will keep him healthy, keep him of sound mind, that he may only know love for you all the days of his life. And Heavenly Father, we humbly pray that you will watch over him. And I pray that you will empower mom and dad here to be the mom and dad that you have created them to be. Give them the strength and the grace and the mercy each and every hour, each and every minute, 
We've all had these moments where our babies cry when we don't want them to. It's just the way it is. He's just talking. He's just letting us know that he's alive and well, and we thank you for that, God. Help him to grow in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. And it's in the mighty name of Jesus we all pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen, yes. I've got a few things. You want to help me give these out? Okay, so this, this is for mom. We like to give you a flower because it represents the nurturing aspect of your role in little man's life here, okay? And that's, and, and that's what, how God has wired you what he's created you to do for for him, for all the kids, okay? So this represents the importance that you have in helping him to grow. Dad, we've got for you his first Bible, okay? I expect him to be able to read this by the end of next week, okay? That's... Lots of cool, pretty little pictures here, but this, I'm giving you this because... As the man of the house, it really rests on your shoulders to be the spiritual leader of your family, of your home, of this little guy. And I I pray, I hope and pray that it will be um, momentum that will be created here for your whole family to continue to be digging into the word and grow in, in faith in God. So this is for you. God bless you all. We love you. and We're so glad that you're here today. Will you greet them one more time? In the name of the Lord. Awesome. Hallelujah. And speaking of babies, I get the joy of announcing, um, reminding maybe for some of you, um, that there is going to be a baby shower next Sunday, February 23rd at 1 o'clock in the chapel. For Violet and Mario Kotowski. Are they here today? Will you stand up? Violet's going to have a little baby boy named Felix next month. Congratulations. So I want to invite you all to their baby shower. They're registered on Amazon. Hopefully you got an invitation as you came in today. If not, there's a stack of them out there on the counter with the details. All right, we're going to continue in worship now. So at this time, I want to invite you to stand, sit, kneel, take a lap, um, however you feel comfortable. We want you to worship the Lord with us. Jesus, we make the choice to worship you now. We turn our thoughts and our attentions to you. We choose to worship. I count on one thing. The same God that never fails will not fail me now. He won't fail me now in the waiting. The same God who's never late is working all things out. You're working all things. Yes, He is. Oh, yes, I will lift you high in the lowest
You'll never, he's always true to his word. You cannot lie. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, you'll never, even though everybody around you does, he won't. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You are good, you're good. Oh, you are good, you're good. Oh, you are good, you're good. Oh, you are good, you're good. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You are good, you're good. Oh, you are good, you're good. Oh 
praise and adoration. You are the only one. You are the one and only. Everybody else, there's an end to what they can take from us, but there's no end with you. Your well never runs dry. We are thankful this morning, Jesus. Thanksgiving on our lips for saving us, for seeing us, for knowing us, for blessing us, for creating us, for leading us, for being faithful to us. We need you and we love you. And we lavish our praise on you this morning. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. This is Mackenzie, and I am the children's director here at Woodland Life Center. We're going to take you on a fun tour of our children's department, so that way you can see all the happenings that our children get to do on our Sunday mornings when they attend church. Come along with us, and that way you can see what opportunities there are that you might feel led to do. So let's go check it out. Here in our children's ministry, we have four different age groups that people can volunteer with and that our children go to. We have our infants through three years old. We have our pre-kindergarten class, which is four and five-year-olds. We have our kindergarten through second grade class. And then we have our third through fifth grade class. We also have a lot of amazing events throughout the year that we would love your help with. Throughout our time here in the children's ministry, we actually start with our pre-K, through fifth grade in worship because we feel it's really important for our kids to see how us as adults and families worship together. From when the tithe announcement comes, then they come back here to our children's ministry and enjoy time with their teachers and learning about Jesus, playing games, and even getting to do some crafts. Now we're going to actually listen to some of our volunteers and why they choose to volunteer with our kids in our children's ministry. Um, I'm Skylar King. I help in the uh, nursery for the children's ministry, and I decided to do this as part. Like, I just remember everyone who helped me when I was younger in church and how much fun that was for me. Um, and I also love kids, so like it's just really good to be able to like pass some of that on and experience it for myself um, and give back. Hi everyone, my name is Christy Madewell, and I volunteer in the children's church with the preschoolers the fellowship and community within this church has meant a lot to me and a lot within my journey and so the opportunity to be of service and uh, give back within our fellowship is the other reason that i really enjoy volunteering at the children's church hello my name is john bartlett and i help in children's church uh, three through fifth grade i like to see the look on a child's face when they learn something good and proper and feed it back to you. I'm delighted to see that learning take place. Proverbs 22.6 Train up a child in the way he should go. 
and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Hello, church family. My name is Candy Gilmore, and currently I teach the kindergarten through uh, second graders here at the church. I love to teach the kids to um, help them learn more about God, and not only my own kids, but um, all of your children as well. And not only about his love, but um, to know the truth and to know what he wants for us and our lives and for them to one day um, share with their families as well. We are going to be having an all-volunteer meeting and training on Sunday, March 8th, right after church services here in the chapel in the children's ministry area. We will be providing lunch for you as well. This is for all current volunteers, potential volunteers, and if you are just feeling led to help us in any way throughout our year in the children's ministry. You can give me a call or send me an email and let me know if you have any questions or would like further information. Looking forward to seeing you as many people there as possible because it is a fun time that we do have here with our kids. Jesus loves me, this I know. Jesus loves me, this I know. I won't forget the Bible says that he loves me so. We are headed into a new season here at WLC. It's exciting and it's sad at the same time. We're going to be saying goodbye to our beloved Troxel family. And at that time, we're going to be praying for them as they're going into this new season and into this new church. We know God has a plan for them, and he also has a plan for us here. So as a church body, we're going to gather together on March 1st at 6 p.m. out in the lobby area where the cafe is. And we're all going to get together, and we're going to pray for the Troxels, and we're going to pray for the future of this church and what God's going to do here. We want you all to come. If you can't make it, please set that time aside and join us all in prayer so that this church body can lift up what God's will is for us here and we can step into this new season together. Hi, everyone. I'm Shelby. I'm doing one more announcement for you, as you know. Our beloved pastor and his insanely talented family are heading to Houston to lead people to Jesus there. Um, he has been on my spiritual journey for almost 17 years, which telling you about a farewell potluck is not something I'm super stoked about, but I'm going to do it anyway. So on March 1st, right after service, we're going to have a potluck. So we'll need volunteers to just kind of help us transition this room into some tables and chairs. And then um, I'll also have a list of your last name, letter, for main dishes, sides, and things to bring. Um, Pastor Brian loves fried chicken. So when you see that main dish, it's going to be fried chicken. And also, um, Sarah loves potluck casseroles. So anything that you have in mind on those two things would be great. And then also, just something my grandma told me that I could... I want to tell, share with the congregation as we're doing this transition is a change directed by God is always good. And so Amen. I just want to leave you with that. Thank you. Thank you, Shelby. I'll take that. Wow. Um, I want to introduce someone to you today that 
going forward is going to be a very important person to you, and that is the guy that's going to be our interim pastor here. And this has been his church family now for 10 years. We just never see him. And the reason for that is he's a professional interim pastor. He's been going around from church to church. He's retired, but he keeps working. And uh, he's been going around from church to church. Uh, So Pastor Tim, coming up and stand here with me for a few moments. How many churches so far have you stepped in as interim pastor? Uh, This will be the 12th. 12th church. So if, if you're wondering if he knows what he's doing, <laughs> the answer is probably yes, or he'll at least figure it out by the time by the March time, shows up. By the time up. I'm done here. By I'll the time you're done. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, I want you to, to meet Tim Stearman if you haven't met him yet. And I want you to know that uh, Tim and I have known each other for a long time. 30 years. 30 years, yeah. He was my pastor before I was his pastor. Why don't you share that story a little well, bit? <laughs> and you can go ahead and share it however you want to. Oh. <laughs> em- embellish as much as you want. Two, two things I would say. I, I, I will share that story. But for, for a person to have a student who surpasses them in ability is an incredible blessing to experience. And I have had that with this pastor, to watch him grow as he's been here, and to watch how he pastors you and loves you and cares for you has been an incredible joy to watch. I was his pastor for three years. That was from 1990 to 1993. Back then... His hair was long and mine was short. (laughs) I had a job and he didn't. There was a lot of things that were different in those days. But one was, and I've told this story here once before, but my daughter was a couple years younger than Brian, and Brian invited her to the district banquet. And he came to pick her up, and his hair was long and... I don't remember what he was driving, but I wasn't sure it was going to make it. And when my daughter came home, I said, listen, you're not going to date that Troxel boy because he's going to wind up either in rehab or in prison. <laughs> and for uh, the last... And, and, and in case you're wondering, Sarah's parents told her the same thing. <laughs> So over the last 10 years, he's been my pastor, and that has been an incredible blessing to see what God does in the lives of people. I was thinking, Pastor, that uh, we didn't know you were a free agent, or we would have offered you more money to stay, you know, but when occasionally a football team lets a quarterback get away. And the new quarterback or the other one that comes in to fill in till they get a quarterback, he doesn't know the playbook very well. And I don't know the playbook in this church very well. 
because I haven't been here very much. I really need your help during this transition. Sometimes, you didn't ask me to say all this. I did. <laughs> but sometimes <clears throat> I have noticed that people use a transition period in between the departing pastor and the incoming pastor as a time to just kind of float around and, well, we'll try out this church or that church. Don't do that to us. Help me. Don't do that. Help me. Hang tough. If you're going to leave, wait till the new guy gets here. (laughs) (laughs) But I promise you, we'll have fun. We'll enjoy the journey. We'll laugh together. And I won't come to this platform without having something to say that I think God wants you to hear. So... Want to do the offering for us this morning? No, I don't know the playbook, but you, I'll try. You can go for it. You I'll can, try. You can make now, it. wait a minute. There's a, there's a tin can down and, here. And that's for the kids. So after, but that's after I call the ushers that down. That is, yeah. Okay. okay. You're going to make you it. stand here You're beside gonna, me? I will. I will. I'll, I'll give you instructions. We want to encourage our ushers, if you would, to prepare to receive our offering this morning. Take your places, wherever those might be. Now, do I pray before I put the money in the can? I think that's a great idea. Or do idea. I pray after we put the I money think, in the no, can? I think praying first is a great idea. Okay, it's we a, put the money in. I pray, then we put. Then the kids come and put the yeah, money in the can. You got it. And then and they then, go. And then they leave. And then the ushers you got it. do their thing. Father in heaven, accept our thanks for the joy of this day, the privilege of being part of this congregation, the incredible opportunity we've had to sit under the ministry of the Troxels. Thank you, Father. It has been a joy, and we give you thanks and we praise you. And Father, we ask today that you would bless this offering as we receive it in your name. Father, would you use it in ways that you see are necessary and not necessarily the ways we think it should be used. Father, have your way in the life and the heart and the future of this congregation, and we will give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen Amen. and amen. Kids, if you'll come and put your money in this can, then you can go to Children's Church. Is that right, Yes, sir. Okay. One thing's for sure, you guys are going to have fun with Pastor Tim. You're going to laugh. He's a great storyteller and loves to share the story of Jesus. And you know what? I'll be honest with you. The truth about him is he kind of has the Midas touch. Everything he seems to touch turns to gold. Um, and um, so we are, I, I want to use the word lucky, but I'm going to say we're blessed to be able to have him to step in. Um, you're, you're going to love it, I promise. <clears throat> I want to invite you to, we're, we're going to look at a couple of different passages today, but uh, we'll start in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 
1 Corinthians chapter 12. So getting God's perspective, uh, we've, got a, we've, got a, we've got a few more weeks together, you and I, okay? And I really want to make the most of it. I really want to make the most of it. And, and, and so today, we're going to talk about something really important that's going to be really important for this church family to, to continue moving forward. And it's God's perspective on spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts, okay? Now, we're going to read... 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and then we're going to kind of take a journey together, and, and we're going to attempt to wrap our minds around what Scripture defines or describes as spiritual gifts and, and, and how they function in us, okay? <clears throat> so we're going to start the reading right at verse 8. Actually, that's going to start on the screen. Let me just start right at verse 1, and then we'll catch up to what's on the screen. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to start at verse 1. If not, just, just listen. Uh, um, you'll, you'll understand what's happening. Now, about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, unbelievers, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray to mute idols, to worship things that weren't godly. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who's speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. So he's making a distinction between those who have the Spirit and those who do not have the Spirit in them. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. And there are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. So he has three different things that he says. All of them referring to the same Spirit that exists, but there are different gifts, different kinds of service, and different kinds of working. We're going to use those words or those phrases as a concept this morning to help distinguish between the different kinds of gifts of the Spirit that are functioning or can be functioning in us. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Folks, that is the key to understanding the purpose of spiritual gifts. It's for the common good. The gifts are for the body of Christ. They're, they're, they're to build up the body of Christ, to edify the body of Christ, to strengthen the body of Christ. To each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. And then we pick up the reading here. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, distinguishing or speaking in different kinds of tongues, and still to another, the interpretation of those tongues. All of these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He distributes them to each one just as He determines. And then skipping down 
Yes, to 27. He closes this passage by saying, Now, you are the body of Christ. And each one of you is a part of it. And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second, prophets, third, teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of, spirit, of different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all have gifts of healing, do all speak in tongues, do all interpret? Now, eagerly desire the greater gifts. And what's interesting is he follows all of that up with what he says in chapter 13, which we know is the love chapter. Because he, to have the Spirit of God or the, the power of the Spirit working in us, it's imperative that it is surrounded by, shrouded by, and, and, and enveloped by the love of God. See, I can have amazing power, but if it, I mean, I, I, I could, he, he, well, look, look how he says it. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, if I have awesome language ability, but I have not love, I'm a resounding gong, a clanging cymbal. You see, here's, here's what happens for us. We have this starting point. Look, we're going to pull up a slide that we're going to refer to this morning. Right in the center of these concentric circles is self. It's our, it's our, it's our natural self, okay? Who we're born as. So my natural self is I've got abilities, I've got talents, I have um, a certain kind of personality, I have strengths and weaknesses, and then as I'm growing and maturing, I gain what? I gain knowledge, I gain understanding, I gain wisdom, um, I gain skills. All of that is my natural self, and all that happens for every human being to whatever degree that person is able to grow and be nurtured. That's the truth for all of us. That's our starting place. And all of this is without God. That's, all of this is without the Spirit of God living in us. We have our beginning point is our natural selves. <clears throat> then we get to a point where we accept Christ as our Savior. And certainly... Our hope is that that has happened for each one of us in this room. If that hasn't happened for you yet, our desire is that you would find the love of Jesus. It's transforming and it's empowering and, and, it, and it sets us all on a course towards eternal life with Jesus in heaven. It's what he died for, okay? When we accept Jesus as our Savior, the Spirit of God comes in us. And we begin to step into that second, that gray ring. And it's gray for a reason. It's gray for a reason because our natural selves begin to interact with the supernatural. The natural begins to interact with the supernatural. 
We got the divine presence of the Almighty coming in us. And the supernatural and the natural converge. And it's at that convergence point where we begin to experience some of the gifts of the Holy Spirit in us. And there's two different kinds of spiritual gifts that function in this realm, in this, in this center, in this gray ring. Motivational gifts and ministry gifts. Um, a way to distinguish between those would be um, some of the gifts of the Spirit will function like, um, like, like offices. A person that is called into ministry, into, into pastoring or into evangelism or into uh, the mission field um, will experience a, a, a spiritual gift for that particular role, for that particular work. And it will function kind of like an office, okay, uh, of, of the church. But it's the purpose of building and edifying the body of Christ. So my role as pastor here has has been a, a spiritual gift that has been coming through me for the purpose of the edification of this church body and, and our community as a whole. That is what the Holy Spirit has been doing on a regular basis, hopefully on a day-to-day basis, not just a week-to-week basis, but a day-to-day basis through me. It's not my own empowering. Believe me when I say that my own natural self would not be able to be standing here before you now speaking. And believe me, I know that's true because when I had to take speech class in school, I just about fell apart. Okay? But when the Spirit of God came over me, came in me, and and began to work through me, and this calling began to happen, I stepped into this ministry and motivational gift realm where standing before you now, it's, I, I have confidence and it's not it, me, it's not my natural self, it's the Spirit of God doing this. So right now in this moment, there's a spiritual gift of teaching and preaching that is coming through and it's not for my benefit, it's for our benefit, it's for all of our benefits, the benefit of the body, the common good. This is what Paul is trying to explain in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. But then he, but when we go through that list, that first list that we went through, talking about healing and prophecy and tongues and interpretation of tongues, well, what about those gifts? In fact, this is the mo- tends to be the most controversial area when it comes to spiritual gifts because there are some of our brothers and sisters in, in the body of Christ that, that, that tend to run in extreme measures with that or tend to emphasize that. And maybe to, to some of our mentalities, you might use the word overemphasize. But yet they're scriptural. And they're real. And the truth is, some of those things has happened to us or through us. I know that's my testimony today. So what about those? And that's where we step into this this outer ring, okay? The outer ring. And the outer ring I have as pure white today. 
And the reason is, is because there are some gifts that happen from the Spirit that happen in spite of our natural selves. Let me say that again. There are some things that God can do through us that are completely in spite of our natural selves. So our natural selves is our starting point. We accept Jesus. God comes into our lives. The Spirit of God comes into us. And we take a step into this arena where the natural and the supernatural are converging. And then as this is our new normal, and yes, this is our new normal now, we do not step back, church, we don't step back into that old space, the, the dark space. We, we're, we're, we're in this gray area, and this is our new normal, and this is our new starting point now. This is where we do life now. This is our day in and day out. And the Spirit of God interacting with our natural selves is a, can, can be accomplishing great things in us and through us. And then there are moments where all of a sudden this whole other step happens and the Spirit of God then moves us completely outside of our natural selves and accomplishes things through us that, that is completely superfluous to who we are as human beings, where the supernatural is just purely happening. Let's give a real-time example of this. So, yeah, I... I we made an announcement last week that we're heading to Houston. I can tell you uh, that there are about 10 different people in our church family that came to me, one separate from each other, not in the same family, not people that are, you know, talking to each other necessarily. And they all said almost the identical thing to me. The Holy Spirit told me this about a month ago. The Holy Spirit said this to me about a month ago. Now, I can't explain that, and you know what? They can't explain that either. That was a, a word of knowledge. Let's go back to that, fir that first set of scriptures we had there. You'll see one of the, one of the spiritual gifts that it referred to was, was word of knowledge a message of wisdom to another, a message of knowledge. And that's referring to a, 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 um, a piece of information that the Holy Spirit downloads into us that is completely beyond our natural selves. It's not something that we Googled, okay? It's not something that we looked up in the yellow pages, and it's not something that we heard on Facebook or saw on Facebook, but it's something that the, that the Spirit of God Himself divinely implants or divinely inserts into us that is beyond our natural selves, beyond the natural realm, that only could have, we can only ascribe to God Himself told me. About, <clears throat> this might be about 10 years ago. Um, one Sunday morning, I'm praying in the Spirit and I, I, I get this vision. <clears throat> it's not in here, of course. We're, 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 we're in the chapel, so, so the, 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 the picture of, of, of church is completely different than what it is now. And then we would have a center row of chairs. Um, and I'd be preaching from the floor. 
and I, 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 get this, I get this vision, and, and it's summertime, so, when, you know, summertime around here, we have all of our Golden Bell uh, college kids are, are with us. 30 or 40 kids every summer come to Golden Bell to, to work, right? And, and we're their church home, and, and so it, it, it's, it's summertime, and, 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 and this vision, I can't see faces, but there, there are three young college gals just sitting right front and center, and I can see the color of their hair and the shape of their hair, but I don't see no faces. And as I'm praying, the Lord says, There's, I have a message that I want you to give to this one in particular. Uh, it's hair that I don't recognize, but I recognize uh, the young lady who's sitting right next to her. It happens to be one of our missionaries. So when you get our e-blasts and, and you see the missionary that, that we pray for, um, that, that was her. And um, so I knew who she was supposed to be sitting by, but I, I don't know. This, it's, it's a faceless girl. And, and um, so I get done with that prayer time, and, and we get into church. We're, we're in, worshiping, and Golden Bell students, they, they show up a few minutes late, which is kind of normal. And... Um, Sure enough, these girls sit right front and center, and there's Julie McKithen sitting there, and there's this girl that I've never seen before sitting right next to her. It was her first Sunday. And um, I'm like, okay, so the message is for her. Now, let me tell you what I did not do. What I did not do was I did not stop the service and have a big display about this message that was for this girl, okay? Because it wasn't for the body. And had I done that, I would have been glorifying myself in that. I'd have been like, look, look at the spiritual gift that I have coming through me. I have this awesome message for this girl. I didn't make a display of it. Kept it to myself until the end of the service when I could have a one-on-one conversation with this young lady. I had to meet her first. I didn't want to scare her to death in front of everybody, right? I walked up to her after the the service was done. Uh, Julie introduced me to her, and I said, I'm not trying to shock you right now, but I want you to know that when I was praying this morning, I saw you, and I have a message for you straight from the Lord. And her eyes, of course, got about as big as silver dollars, and she got real quiet. And I said, the message is simple. I choose you. And she just started bawling. Why? Because obviously, the Lord has been talking to her about something, and she needed a confirmation she needed a nudge. She needed that extra something that would move her f- f- off of the place where she's in, her natural self, and, and encourage her to step into this arena where the Spirit of God she has chosen her for something. Wish, I wish I had the end of that story. Truth is, I can't even remember her name. <laughs> I, could, I don't even know how to Google her or, or Facebook her or, or try, I don't know. But I know that, that for some reason that morning, I had a word of knowledge that was given to me. 
that was for her. And you know what? It doesn't mean now that I live in this arena. In the, in, let's pull up that picture again. It doesn't mean that I live in this in the in the the white realm all the time. I, I don't go around saying, "Well, I have the gift of the word of wisdom. That's my spiritual gift." I don't. I don't say that. Why? Because I believe that those gifts happen in the moment. They can come and go. And the Spirit of God working in us will, will provide those when they're needed. I saw that in Africa. Okay? I saw that happening to me in Africa. <coughs> and I, I, told, I told the church family this story, but let me just share a couple of quick examples. I was... My, my role was to teach pastors, and I've been doing that all week, and I had finished, my job was done, and it was our last full day there, and it was, it was a day off for me, okay? I'm not planning on teaching, I'm not planning on, I'm just in the van going for a ride, okay? And we're just driving around the countryside of Africa, looking at some of the, the villages. So when, we, when I say looking at villages, it's exactly what is coming into your mind, huts in the mud, Okay? Mostly naked people hanging around. That's exactly where we're at, um, going from one village to the other. I'm just, and, and I'm just experiencing Africa that way. So this is two summers ago. And um, we pull up to this one village, and it's completely, uh, the whole village is, is, is um, six inches to a foot underwater. So everybody's got ankle-deep water that they're standing in, and I mean, and, and, the, and that includes their, their huts. And we're dead set on trying to get into this village. I'm like, why? Can't we just look at it, you know, and from the other side of the water here and just get back? I, we're dead set on getting into this village, and I have no idea what's going on, what, what the intention is, and, and we make our way around the outside of this village, and we are walking through the mud, and they found some sort of a dry path for us, and we get into the middle of the village, and the whole village is there. Okay, the whole village is there, and they were expecting us, and they're singing, and they're welcoming, welcoming us in, <clears throat> and I still don't know, I haven't spoken to anybody about this, don't know what's going on, and they sit the eight of us down, the eight of us white folks, okay, down, and we're and. Somebody gets up, and there's a couple guys, and they're, they're reading from the Bible, okay, in the native language. I happen to have a young lady sitting next to me that was a part of our team, and she spoke the native language and English, and she leans over, and she says, oh, he's reading out of Matthew. That's all I got. Oh, and then the next guy gets up and starts reading. He's reading out of Jonah. That's all I got. And somewhere in the midst of that, the Holy Spirit says, you're going to get asked to preach. Okay, so now I have a message of wisdom that's been downloaded into me. But there's a couple of problems. One, I'm not prepared. In fact, I'm not wearing nice clothes at all. I'm wearing um, camouflage shorts and, and, and my, my, my Hanes underwear t-shirt thing because that's all the clean clothes that I had left. 
I had sweated everything nice out, and this was so I'm like, okay, Lord, well, um, that's going to be awkward, but okay. And meanwhile, there's this giant rain cloud, barrel rain cloud, just barreling down on on our community. It's huge, and you know it's loaded with water, and everybody's looking at it. You can see, you can see the village people, they're, they're pointing at it, talking about it. I mean, we're about to get dumped on big time. And I said, okay, Lord, well, if, if I'm going to get asked to preach, we're going to need a little bit of time. You're going to have to do something about that. And I'm not kidding you. It's like he put his hand up against that rain cloud, and that thing, which was just barreling down, straight down on, like a Tootsie Roll, just started bending around the village like this, just curling around the village as if he just had his hand. Now, does that mean that I have the gift of controlling the weather? You see, some extreme people would be, that. well, that's your spiritual gift. You can control the weather now. Well, no. But obviously, in this moment, I've stepped into this realm with the manifestation gifts where there's some necessary, miraculous things that are going to have to occur for this, for this whatever is about to unfold, to unfold. And as, as, I'm, as all of this is happening in my heart and my mind, all of a sudden I heard my name, and sure enough, the guy's pointing at me and calling me up to speak. He didn't tell me that I was going to do this. He didn't say, here's what I want you to talk about. All I've got right now is in the natural realm, all I have is they read out of Matthew and they read out of Jonah. And as I began to speak, I just began to talk about Jonah and the whale. And I'm having to say, you know, four or five words and then there's a translation. Four or five words, translation. Four or five words, translation, right? And I'm getting into this little bit of the story. I have no idea what part of Jonah they read. I don't know. I'm, getting, I'm trying to explain the story of Jonah because I'm, I, all of a sudden I realized that that my story of running from God had a, had a lot of parallels with Jonah's story of running from God. So, so I'm, I'm getting into this because that's my landing point. And then something amazing happens. I get to the point where I talk about that Jonah was spit out of the mouth of the whale. And as soon as those words came out of my mouth, and I'm, say, I'm saying it in English, the whole village erupted in laughter without the interpretation. So how, what do we say? How do we explain that? What's going on? How did they understand what I was saying without the interpretation unless there's some gift of tongues happening in this moment? Right? I'm just... I, so, I, so what's happening... What, I, what I'm saying is there's a, a, about a 30-minute period of time in my life where I step into this outer realm completely out of my natural self, and the Holy Spirit is just accomplishing all this stuff. And let me tell you, it has nothing to do with me. Nothing to do with my skills. Nothing to do with my, uh, my talents. Nothing to do with my natural self. It's, I've stepped into a realm where it's the purely supernatural functioning. So much so that I'm, I'm convinced if somebody 
brought a person in a wheelchair up to me in that moment, I think they would have been healed and would have got up and walked out, started dancing. Like that's the kind of thing, supernatural thing that was happening in that moment. But does that mean now that I have the gift of speaking in the African language and tongues? Do, do I claim that? No. It was necessary for that moment, and then I step back into my new normal, which is in this gray area where I still have the Spirit of God in me, and at any moment we can step, I can step into this space where the purely supernatural happens through me. But I don't claim those things as my new normal. Last summer, when we were in Africa again, this 20-something-year-old woman was brought into the room <coughs> who was contemplating suicide. The reason she was contemplating suicide was because she had severe pain happening in her abdomen. The doctors had already cut her open, had looked inside, couldn't find anything wrong, sewed her back up, and she's living with this constant, constant pain. And it's so bad. It's so bad that she is, is thinking about taking her life. And so they bring her in to the pastor's training that, that, that I was doing and asked for prayer. And so we prayed over her and we prayed and we prayed and we prayed and we prayed until we were until we felt like we had prayed through until we felt like we had said every word that that we were supposed to say over this young woman and i'm going to tell you that by the time we were done praying she's told us she was completely pain free and that would be the first time that she had had no pain in years. Okay, does that mean I have the gift of healing? Does that mean that's my new norm? No. There was a, I, I, we stepped into this realm to, because, this, because we had to save her life. And all of the medical professionals had already tried to do that and they could find nothing. The only answer left was, God, you're going to have to do this because if you don't, she is going to end herself. And he touched her. Stepped into, what my, out of my normal gray area, into this I really hope this is making sense. Because, because this should be, if, if you have the Spirit of God in you, this should be your normal. <clears throat> this should be your normal. If you have accepted Jesus as your Savior, the Spirit of God has come in you, and especially if, if, you, have, if you have fully surrendered your life to God and, 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 and become sanctified by Him and filled with the Spirit of God, then this is, this is your normal. You no longer should just be functioning in, in that black self area, that, that, that natural area. You should be beyond this 
where the supernatural and the natural are in convergence constantly. And then the occasional stepping into the purely supernatural, where God just does something through you, says something through you, does something through you that you can't take any credit for except that you were just there. You were an available source for his power to flow through. And as Paul says in chapter 12, it's for the common good. It's, it's for the body. So, so these other gifts, um, some are called to be apostles, some are called to be teachers, some are called to be prophets. So th- those, are, those are ways that the, the spiritual gifts can function in, in that gray area. But then there's another list, and I think we have that in, let's see, is it Romans? Okay, here we go, Ephesians. No, Ephesians, you had it. Let's pull that back. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers. So reiteration of what was said in 12, and then the next slide, the next set of verses. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with, with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Now these are, these are and, and this isn't, I don't believe that this is meant to be a, a complete list. We're talking about the almighty divine creating God of all the universe, living in us. Who, if we simply give him the permission to, can do and create and accomplish any, whatever he wants in us and through us. But it's a helpful starting place. And it's for the whole body. Your normal should be that spiritual gifts are flowing through you. Now, I'm not talking about your talents. Okay? I'm not talking about your skill set. I'm not talking about your education. I'm not talking about your knowledge. I'm talking about something that the, the, the divine does in you that moves you from your natural self into the natural being converged with the supernatural. Some of us in this room already know what spiritual gift or gifts are functioning in us and really functioning through us, and others of us in here maybe don't know. We've never explored that. We've never talked about that. We never wondered about that. And we want to carve some time now to perhaps help find some answers to that. Where you're seated, okay, you have a couple of pieces of paper. There's enough in here for every single person to have one and I want to encourage every single person to get one in their hands right now. <clears throat> and we're going to ask you to do this while Sarah is singing, okay? So I know she sings beautifully. It's probably going to be a distraction, but it's just great to hear her voice. She's going to be singing over us, and what we're asking is that you'll take some time to fill out this sheet right here. So if you're looking on this side, you'll see these questions. 
And the way you need to answer these questions, it explains it across the top there. I don't want you to think too hard about this. What is your immediate answer? The more immediate answer is going to be your more honest answer. (coughs) We have pencils here. If you didn't show up with a writing utensil, we have writing utensils that we can pass out to you. So in case you're confused, the first question is, I tend to see things as black and white. If you are a black and white kind of a person, you're going to write in the number five there. That's always who you are. Or if you are so, you're just so gray, everything is just gray, everything is um, not black and white, then, you're, then in that one, you're going to write the number one. If you're somewhere in the middle, pick the best number that suits you. After you've done that with each one of these, then you're going to total those at the bottom. Very good. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to do this. It's so worth it. Every painted sky, a canvas of your 
just going to interrupt for a moment so that you know what the next instruction is. When you, when you get a total at the bottom, okay, you're going to take the second sheet and you're going to, you're going to find on that column the number that matches your total and you're going to circle that number, okay? But you'll notice on the back side of the sheet you're filling out, it's the exact same column. That's because one is for you to keep and one the second sheet is for you to turn in to us and we're going to take this information and try to get even more organized than we already are so we especially want your name and email address there at the bottom certainly want to know whose name is attached to how God wants to work through you so hopefully that explains that As you speak A hundred billion failures disappear Where you lost your life So I could find it here If you left the grave behind you So lie I can see your heart in everything you've Every part designed in a work of art called love. If you gladly chose surrender, so I can see your heart a billion different ways. Every precious one, a child you died to save. If you gave your life. To love them so I
just a couple, we'll give a couple more minutes for this. This is good. This is very helpful for the body. It's going to be very helpful for you. Ushers, if you'll make yourselves available to help collect these answer sheets. Um, make sure you keep for yourselves, everybody, the one you filled out. Make sure you copy your answers on the back side of your sheet. That's for your, it's for you to keep. And then I want to say one more thing to us about this, and I don't mean to undo what we just did, okay? There's value in what we just did, but let me tell you that when you're taking a self-assessment test about your own spiritual gift, there's something that's a little incomplete about that. In fact, in my opinion, there's something a lot incomplete about that because if what God is doing through me is for the body, how can, how can I necessarily know how God is impacting the body through me unless the body is telling me that? Right? I could have my own ideas about what my spiritual gift is and I can even do a test that, that but, but if I'm answering my own if I'm giving my own answers, I'm really self-assessing. So my encouragement, church, family, is that you are talking to each other. And when you're talking to each other, that you're communicating to one another, you know, this, this is what God is doing through you and how he's impacting me. This is what I observe uh, about what God does through you. Because that can help give a complete picture to somebody about what God, about the spiritual gift or gifts that might be coming through them. So if your friend or your family member is, you, you see the gift of, of, of servanthood coming through them or, or empathy or, you know, whatever you see happening through them or they, they're, they're, just, they're just a giver and maybe they don't, uh, they're just not, 
fully aware of that, but you've seen that through them, tell them. The more that we're communicating and interacting with each other, the more we're going to know the spiritual gifts that the, that the Spirit is doing in us and through us. So self-assessments are a great starting point. They're helpful, but it's, it's an incomplete thing because we need, to be, we need to be sharing with each other how God, how the Spirit is impacting us through each other. Does that make sense? Because these gifts are for the body. So how's the body, what does the body experience through you? The body's got to speak about that. I thank you for taking the time to do this. It's a great starting place for us. The other thing we're going to do for you, we're going to send out an e-blast in a couple of days. And that e-blast is going to have a full explanation as best as we can describe each one of the gifts. So whatever your, whatever's written on your paper, the top two or three that, 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 are, that are in your little report that you just did for yourself, you're going to get a follow-up email from us explaining, giving more detail about, about that gift, about what that, what that looks like, how it's represented, what, what the Spirit does with that. And it will also give an explanation about the kind of other parts of the body that you need to come alongside of you, okay? Because each one of those gifts needs, needs there, there's, there's, there's a great helper that can come alongside. And this is what Paul's describing in, in that, the part of chapter 12 that we sort of skipped over. How can the eye say that, that the, it doesn't need the ear? How can the ear say it doesn't need the foot? How can the foot say it doesn't need the hand? Every part of the body is necessary for the body to function at its full health. Okay? I hope this has been helpful this morning. Um, I, hope, I hope the description about how the gifts, how we can step in and out of the, especially those manifestation gifts, it's exciting. It's exciting when the Holy Spirit is, is doing supernatural stuff. I want to say a blessing over you. So if you'll stand with me, and I'll just reiterate one thing. Miss McKenzie is waiting for all the parents who, if you have kids that are of a, in the age group of children's church, she wants to meet with us for a few minutes immediately after the service, up the ramp, right out these doors, up the ramp. Uh, at Children's Church, she'll be waiting for us. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you, be gracious to you. May his countenance come upon you. May you be filled and empowered with his spirit, experiencing the giftings that he has for you and through you. Have an amazing week. We'll see you next Sunday. Where you say